Hello and welcome to episode five of Because I've Lost Control of My Life, the most popular podcast about Rugrats run by two dyed-in-the-wool dad-burn Democrats. I am Matthew, and this is my co-host Adam. What's going on? Hey, everybody. I- I've just been like paying attention to the critics, and they've all been saying that this sounds like a a flimsy excuse for two friends to talk to each other every week (laughs) (laughs) about cartoons (laughs) about cartoons (laughs) it's like when we lived together if there had been a camera back then we could have made this a reality show for youtube (laughs) yeah (laughs) remember that time we sat on the couch and watched rugrats i remember all the times we sat on the couch and watched rugrats I should note this for uh, those who can't see the video and the only ones who can are Adam and I. Uh, He's currently wearing a neck pillow, like one of those ones you wrap around your neck. And he's wearing a wife beater and he's drinking. So (laughs) on that note, uh, I've actually this week I've got scheduled my first professional massage (laughs) and included in the package. I've got a guided stretch session and rapid release. That service looks like they take a gun with a ball at the end and punch me in the neck with it. And uh, we will get the follow up to that in episode six next week here on LostControlPod.com. Oh, that's awesome. That, you know, that totally feels like something that the parents in Rugrats would do. Oh, yeah. Like, go get a rapid release (laughs) neck punching gun. (laughs) (laughs) And then Stu says, I could have just made you one. (laughs) Stu's new invention, the baby neck puncher. (laughs) For when you just can't massage that baby. Get your babies loose in no time flat. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, shit. I'm off to the choking at an early point this episode. So, okay, so what did we watch for this week? Our first episode is Beauty Contest, and that one is written by Everett Peck, who is apparently the creator of Duckman, which I I think I knew that in the past, but I I just relearned it a few minutes ago. What did you think about Duckman? I liked it at the time. I haven't revisited it in a long time. Um, yeah, I'm curious because I really, really liked it when it was out. And I think when it was out, I was probably too young to get most of the humor. I just liked that it was a cartoon that had swearing, <laughs> like, <laughs> which outside of Beavis and Butthead was like not that common at the time. With Jason Alexander's voice. Yeah, that which is perfect. Duckman, uh, a sexually frustrated duck that uh, takes his anger out on two stuffed animals that work for him, <laughs> killing them in different ways every episode. Is this like a precursor to South Park? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was going to get there. That was before Kenny. Yeah, exactly. Although I've seen people argue that a precursor to Kenny is Hans Molman in The Simpsons, because in the early episodes, it's like he almost like dries off a cliff and his truck explodes and random shit. He usually dies passively, though. <laughs> No one Kenny cares. Does <laughs> yeah, Kenny does too. Kenny just, he's a victim of circumstance. And, uh, his uh, little stuffed bear secretaries or whatever they are, <laughs> they're always uh, victims of direct violence. <laughs> and he hates them, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, he does hate them, which is why he kills them. <laughs> <laughs> does this, does that mean like every episode in between, he like just goes and buys a new one? Like a like a two pack. <laughs> it's like it's like when you when when like someone's uh, pet dies and they get a new one and they name it like Snowball Two. Yeah, that's another Simpsons reference. It is another <laughs> Simpsons reference. Didn't we start this part of the banter by saying what did we watch this week? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> another interesting note is that it said that this was based on a story from Arlene Klasky. Uh, I don't know what that entails. Uh, <laughs> 
Let's get her on the show. I, mean, I don't know if she just like had the idea for Tommy being dressed like a girl. Or, <laughs> or if she, this was something that happened in her life and she recounted it to <laughs> That's, the writer. <laughs> I was wondering that before or while watching this again. I was thinking, like, did this happen? I mean, there was a point in time where, where with comedy, you could just put somebody like put a guy in a dress and make him cross dress and you've got a movie or an episode of a show. This episode is kind of like a, a battle of the sex a little bit i mean yeah. it's definitely got a lot to do with uh gender and Duckman kind of focused heavily on that too oh that's a really good point so uh yeah <laughs> i don't know who was more influential on that uh, aspect Duckman, also uh classy chupo production of course that's so weird that i that that never occurred to me that it was classy chupo i mean it may obviously makes sense but anyway so roll that summary johnny when Grandpa Lou discovers that a beauty contest is giving away a Kingfisher 9000 to the dad with the best daughter, he decides it's time to try out a new gender role on Tommy. But if he wants to win his coveted prize, he'll need to enlist his son Stu to help him tamp down Tommy's raw masculinity. <laughs> to all the listeners out there, Adam writes these summaries every week, and I would like to give him a prize someday. I don't know what that is, but they are fucking Fisher brilliant. 9, yes, a King Fisher 9000. <laughs> is this, I think we discussed this before we decided to do the show. Is this the first episode that has some aspects that in 2021 might be, that might be considered problematic? I'm sitting here and I'm thinking. <laughs> The first serious discussion saying, on this show. And I'm saying, yes, this is the first one that I can see possibly being problematic. Right. I don't think they're actually taking an antagonist, ta- antagonistic view on dressing a little baby boy as a, a little girl. I agree. There may be some <laughs> like muddying of... <laughs> of that at the end of it with Dee Dee's reaction to the whole thing but <laughs> i think in general this is a kind of a a, a kind of a look at and a, a kind of a just can't think of the word <laughs> <laughs> start over <laughs> this, one, this one is kind of like uh showing people's uh stereotypes of how they see the other genders and you know kind of showing that they they're making things up as they go or they it's what they've learned and they're kind of just trying to apply it to apply it to the situation as we'll see in a couple of scenes in this one there's there's even an episode uh, or an episode there's even a moment where Dee Dee and betty are talking and they go back to the kitchen they're like uh now where were we oh yeah well we were talking about the difference between men and women yeah and i i think even the fact that they <clears throat> are spending time in the kitchen Mm. is supposed to be a take on uh you know the way uh in at least in society those days and previously right people had seen the difference between men and women interesting we contrast grandpa lou comes with up with a harebrained scheme obviously of dressing tommy up as a little girl so that he can win the kingfisher 9000 uh and Stu makes the comment are you off your nut no one's gonna cross dress my boy and stick him in some beauty contest uh, and he seems horrified until he sees the the concept of a prize. And then we see Tommy talk to Phil and Lil, and Phil and Lil say it's no big deal. So it, it's like almost dialing it back, like a generational thing, maybe? Yeah, like uh, they 
switch of the bow in Lil's hair. And then uh, Phil starts crying with Lil's bow on. And Betty comes out and she starts talking about, Ah, the girls seem to cry more than the boys at this age. <laughs> and then uh, she gives Phil a little, or Lil, thinking she's Phil, gives her a little <laughs> punch on the arm. Oh, my big, brave baby man. That's always an interesting thing, them just trading the bow back and forth. It's like their parents can't see that one is wearing a dress and one is wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> they just see the bow. That's all they can tell the difference is the bow. <laughs> That's a great running joke in this show. It's an interesting, interesting topic. I'd I'd be uh, now that we have social media, by the way, Twitter.com slash lost control pod. And we are also on Facebook with because I've lost control of my life. When this episode comes out and you hear it, I would love to hear your comments about it. Let's leave it at that for now and jump right back into the episode. I think an interesting point in this episode is uh, it starts out with Tommy emulating a cowboy on TV. Yeah, um, with hat and riding yeah, horse. A masculine image, definitely a stereotypical masculine in an image and then whenever grandpa sees the uh the ad in the paper he gets the idea that maybe he could dress tommy up like a girl <laughs> uh he sees her sees tommy as a girl sitting on the rocking horse and suddenly he's riding side saddle <laughs> I, no, I yes i like that the uh prize is specifically targeted toward dads yeah <laughs> <laughs> It's like dads win prize, or yeah. That's I didn't think about that. That's interesting. It's like, what if the mom takes the kid? Like, <laughs> like I'm gonna win it for my husband, or I only care that my little kid gets toys. I also uh, wonder if it's like a I don't know a jab at the perception of I don't know the political parties. Whenever <laughs> uh, uh, Lou at the beginning <laughs> says "dead bird Democrats," <laughs> he's immediately seduced. <laughs> into <laughs> subverting his values for a prize. <laughs> Lou Pickles is bribable. And it's the same thing with Stu. Stu was like, <laughs> he's completely against it for two seconds until he knows that there's a boat in it for him. Like, oh, we can get something out of this? A boat? We can take it up on Lake Wiki Bug-eyed carp. Little side note, is that uh is is there a line from Rugrats that we have said more than bug eyed carp? No. Bug eyed carp. <laughs> Tommy has a great line, uh Well they keep talking about fishing, which has something to do with me wearing a wig and dressing up like a girl. What's a wig? I think it's this little furry animal that sleeps on your head. And it's adorable. Another thing that kind of subverts uh, gender roles in this and probably the series in its entirety is Angelica, <laughs> a little girl, is the bully yeah. of the show, <laughs> threatening Tommy while he's at the pageant <laughs> the whole time. Besides for me, you're the cutest little girl in this pageant. So if you win, you're going to pay or whatever she says. If you win, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> And then she shows her knife. <laughs> I love that. They try and sneak out of the house in the morning to take Tommy to this thing. Quiet, Pop. Don't slam the door. I told you not to slam the door. Well, Dad, never should made me nervous. They got this box, which they claim to Dee Dee has all of the crap that she normally wants him to have. And they tell her that they're going to do manly things. <laughs> <laughs> like dress Tommy up for a, like a girl for a boat. <laughs> Before they go to the beauty contest, whenever they're uh, dressing him up in the basement, and <laughs> they're like really getting into dressing him up. How do you like him with this dress? 
Oh no, I think the pantsuit has a that feminine edge. <laughs> and the way he says it too, he's like, has more of the feminine edge. As only grandpa can say things. They had some little touches with like there's a mirror in there and they had like animations in the mirror where like the uh when they're holding up the dress to Tommy, you can see like parts of the dress, but mostly Tommy's <laughs> regular clothes in the back. Yeah. I really, really love the uh animation in season one i know we say this every episode but i'm now on season three in my uh personal watch through and two and three or everything is just so standardized and there's just so much more interesting animation to look at in in season one like it's rougher but uh, i don't know there's something just strange about it yeah and like every other episode tommy's got like a new outfit in the yeah. season one yeah i know I know in the first episode of season two, he's wearing like an orange and yellow striped shirt because he's like a pirate or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. But in general, it becomes much more standardized, mm-hmm. uh, streamlined and less little less weird. Well, I wouldn't say it gets less weird because there is time travel in yeah. <laughs> early season two. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> That's a reference to the uh, the Toy Store episode. If you're following along out there and you know your Rugrats. But anyway, there's there's a cool little transition, which is something that I think is something that comes up a lot in season one. Um, when they get to the location of the pageant, they turn around to Tommy in the back seat, and then they go to put the powder on him. And like through the poof of powder, it cuts to the inside of the pageant. Oh, cool. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's a cool I'm, little transition. I'm, uh, I'm slipping. You're <laughs> And so uh, back to the Little Miss Lovely pageant. (laughs) When Tanya Pickles first notices Angelica, she hides behind her wig, (laughs) turns it all completely around. I like that Tommy at one point is like holding up his dress and like looking and like the other girl next to him is looking at him like, what are you doing? And then Tommy looks all embarrassed. (laughs) <laughs> like uh in a barbecue story yeah that sheepish look and he's being brave yeah it's like the same thing <laughs> i think this uh li- this pageant lady who's got the clipboard here's uh my thing i do every episode where i guess who that is <laughs> i believe that's melanie chartoff she's not credited and another little thing is they've got the uh, character Bob from the uh, baby commercial in the audience, except he has white hair now. Oh, I didn't see that. You notice that I noticed that a lot in a lot of episodes where random characters from past episodes will just be background characters or like kids on a playground or, or whatever. I hope we see that kid that got the lunch build on him again. <laughs> Did you notice that the lady at the end of the panel uh, with a giant head hat on? She has the tag on it still like no. uh, she doesn't usually do fancy things. And she just kind of <laughs> got this hat for the pageant and is going to return it immediately afterwards. Is it the one that looks like she has the giant head? Uh, I don't know if she looks like she has a giant head, but it's like got flowers on it and stuff like a, a sun hat. Of some sort. Okay, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of one that has, like, glasses. Actually, now that I think about it, she has, like, darker hair. It it just looks like her her head comes up, and you see, like, a ton of it. Like, she's got a giant, giant, like, melon head or something. Yeah, uh, okay. It looks like she's missing part of her head, actually. (laughs) Because, like, her head on, on, uh, it would be her left side is higher than the hair is on the right Yeah, side. that exactly. But actually, <laughs> I don't know if I'm re- misremembering this, but the barbecue story episode we mentioned, there's the character that looks like Chucky's mom. 
I think that's the same character design. I might I be wrong. There's a different color, though. Oh, yeah, that, it's definitely a different color, but I think the design is the same. I'm remembering the it's glasses. At least, it's at least very similar. Yeah. Because I, I, I can see that, too. So anyway, we uh, don't get to see any of the other acts other than Angelica as she sings the nicest, sweetest, most accurate version of the national anthem ever, with my favorite line being... I'm I'm partial to a B I I seen <laughs> a B I seen land of my chillin' pies. <laughs> That's good stuff. She sings. She hits her high notes and breaks Drew's glasses. I don't know if they show them again, but I bet you they're not broken later on. <laughs> there's a shot uh, after Tommy's on stage, and Dee Dee says there's something really familiar about that that girl or baby or whatever she says drew has like his head down like covering his eyes <laughs> like imagining like is he supposed to be embarrassed or have his eyes just been stabbed by the glasses <laughs> <laughs> throw that in your rug rates this week they got, they got, uh, I, I didn't write one for this week but uh i might come up with one on the fly <laughs> angelica the uh the banshee she yeah, kills everyone in there. Her father and uh, and the lady with the weird head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Tommy goes up on on stage and he's flopping around, falling down, sp <laughs> spinning around on the mic stand, doing a somersault. They all think uh, it's the most adorable thing they've ever seen. Yes. And it might be. That is the sweetest little girl I've ever seen. The crowd makes their most positive reaction when he uh, falls over and, and moons them. Uh, that's my girl! Oh boy. This can't be happening. <laughs> and uh, as they're announcing the winner, that's where we get the the famous Kingfisher nine thousand, Kingfisher nine thousand, Kingfisher nine thousand. As he he covets his prize, <laughs> and and some there there is a video that someone made on YouTube where they just looped that, and it's like an hour long of him just saying Kingfisher nine thousand. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that one's pretty popular. Yeah. I, uh, I've never made it more than like a minute into that. That would be that can be a challenge someday if uh... it's a good use of resources. <laughs> nine hour long <laughs> video of the same phrase. Kingfisher nine thousand. Kingfisher nine thousand. I'm just thinking to myself how long that took to render in like Adobe Premiere or whatever program they used to edit it together. I I just came up with an idea to pad this episode length. <laughs> okay. Uh, Current right now or for later? Well, nine hours of Kingfisher 9000. <laughs> <laughs> After the commercial at the end. <laughs> or no, just in the middle of the episode. You have to go through it. Increase our listen time. <laughs> you know how many people would fucking see a nine hour podcast and be like, no. Yeah, they're like, no, fuck every, this. I mean, every single person would be like that. Yeah, yeah. Especially when they got to it. It's like, what? <laughs> even like if we ever have like huge fans that like can't wait for to listen, <laughs> that can't wait to listen to new episodes, they see that and they're like excited. And then just realize it's Kingfisher 9000 for nine hours for 15 hours. <laughs> yeah, let's let's up it. That guy was, uh, he wasn't uh, ambitious enough. <laughs> 15. 
16 hours. And I'm, I'm going to say right now, let's put, let's take that and let's put that on our, our official YouTube. <laughs> Which is a thing now. If you, if you, you, if you search because I've lost control of my life on YouTube, find our podcast. Yeah, hopefully we'll have some samples up there. Uh, we prefer if you listen to the podcast on an actual podcast yeah. uh, provider. But you can listen to it on YouTube. It's okay. <laughs> we won't beat you up or anything or take right your now, candy. We've got, we've got a, a very impressive average of eight seconds per episode. <laughs> <laughs> Which may have just been us <laughs> checking to see it worked. For on YouTube, on YouTube, not the downloads on the podcast platforms. <laughs> yeah, my wife and sister like it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, they... Uh, <laughs> As Tommy flails about the stage and wins with all 99s and one 100 on the scorecard, he wins the pageant and they announce Tanya Pickles and Dee Dee obviously is immediately horribly <laughs> outraged. Tanya Pickles! Tanya Pickles! And storms the stage and Lou is pushing Stu onto, st- <laughs> Stu onto the stage. In an earlier episode, I mentioned one of my favorite things about Rugrats, particularly the early episodes, is when there's embarrassing moments like this, and Tommy is just smiling, like look at, like being a dumb baby. Like Dee Dee says, Does this look like a Tanya to you? And pulls the wig off of his head, and he's just standing there smiling at the audience, this like <laughs> shit-eating grin. <laughs> like, <laughs> he doesn't know that anything shocking has happened, or... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> or strange or doesn't even understand that his mom is mad <laughs> <laughs> par for the course for the pickles is but yeah good episode oh and they're le- <laughs> they're leaving and Titi is like furious at Stu and she she said grandpa can walk home Angelica is my granddaughter after all yeah <laughs> he, he doesn't get any kind of come up and see no he's triumphant in the end he gets everything he, is, he wants the world is his for dressing his grandson as a girl that yeah, drew is driving by and he's just sitting in the boat that they're towing <laughs> with some great music playing the world is his toaster <laughs> i noticed that whenever uh Stu and Dee Dee are kind of agitated at each other in the car. Tommy's like looking at both of them with a concerned look as they're talking. Like oh, he I didn't see understand that. What's going on? But he's like, why are they mad at each other? And <laughs> earlier in the episode, I forgot to notice this like little like, uh, I don't know, drawing error or whatnot. There's like one frame or two where Tommy's in his playpen. You know how there's like the diamond shape of all the the uh, the little fencing the woods crossing. Yeah, and like how at the, at the top there's like an open triangle. Yeah. Well, Tommy's face is in one of the open triangles, and there's like not there's not lines all around his face. It's like the color of his face just fills up the bottom of that <laughs> triangle <laughs> in one shot. Now, is that a, would you call that an animation error or is that an animation cheat? <laughs> it's like fill the frame. That was definitely an error because it didn't look like it was supposed to look like that okay because there are definitely definitely examples that probably in season one but later on where it, it looks like they're just trying to fill a frame and that probably was a lot cheaper than filling in outside details than someone's face 
And you said this is just a background thing anyway. Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of the grown-ups there in the foreground. I don't okay. remember who. But yeah, great episode. The, <laughs> the first episode to inspire a, uh, a serious discussion between us of uh, the topics of the day, of, t- of today, and whether anything about it's problematic. I don't think so. And I think we're it's the, a great show. We're the best, we're the best source of that. <laughs> yes, we're, we're, the, we're the scholars that you should turn to. Yeah, we, we know all about it being... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cis males yeah exactly uh white cis males on top of that actually that would be interesting to have somebody else come on someday and discuss this uh if we ever have guests on the show anyway really good even all outside of all that just a great episode mostly kind of a dumb baby episode maybe a half dumb baby episode yeah i mean thomas gets a couple of lines but he doesn't really say much uh, it's mostly just him being a dumb baby, being a dumb cowboy baby, being a dumb little girl baby. <laughs> There's another shirt, dumb little girl baby. <laughs> Second segment of this week, what are we working with? Baseball. In this one, Grandpa Lou is on a hot streak when he wins tickets to a ball game. So grab some hot buttered popcorn, and because we're about <laughs> to enjoy Tommy at his absolute dumbest. <laughs> this episode is written by M.S. Freeman, who the only other episode he wrote for Rugrats was Little Dude. Well, I'd, if you're going to make your mark on Rugrats, two really great episodes. I don't know. I guess they must have been wanting to get away from the dumb baby stuff because otherwise bring this guy back on. Yeah, seriously. You hear us out there? <laughs> Klasky Chupo and Paul Germain. Well, actually, I had read they're just executive producers for the new show, so that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have a ton of creative input, if any. But they're going to collect a fat paycheck. Can't somebody just make a show about dumb babies? Come on. <laughs> a new show about dumb babies. Let's win the Powerball and we'll see. We'll start a dumb, we'll call it the show Dumb Babies. <laughs> Win the Powerball or you listeners can give us money. <laughs> <laughs> we'll start a Kickstarter. Do you think this, you said this is Tommy at his dumbest. Do you think this might be the best Dumb Baby episode? That's really hard to say because a lot of good Dumb Baby episodes in season one. Actually, I don't think this is my, I think I prefer Little Dude for okay. this one. And I actually like Waiter, There's a Baby in My Soup a lot. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm already doubting myself. No, it's <laughs> fine. It's fine. This is a good dumb baby episode. I, I do have some love, it, more love in my heart for those. Two. Okay, okay, that's that's fair. And I maybe I like them all the same. I just like the dumb baby concept. Uh, <laughs> so we start the episode with Tommy in the bathtub, and we have one of those trademark Rugrats close-ups of the water, the soap suds looking like they're icebergs or something, and Tommy's toy boat floating around, and Tommy is laughing happily and splashing, and Spike's getting wet, and Lou is shaving and listening to the radio. Yeah, and I I, I love those little close-up intros. I wish yeah. that, like their imagination was limited to like that first 10 seconds of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and 
later on, their imagination is probably more of a primary focus of the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned, I think, episode one, the season two and three are where the ima- imagination episodes become a major thing, where it is the focus. I don't think any of the season one episodes have that. It's like dumb baby episodes or the baby's going and almost getting murdered or by a dog or, or something. But there's no, not that I can think of, like they don't picture themselves like going to space or as pirates or anything like that. I don't think. No. So we lose dumb baby episodes and get imagination episodes. I guess the closest thing would be slumber party, but that's more of a fever dream than imagination. Yeah. That's like, that's, that's not... not something Tommy wants to experience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not the kind of imagination that he wanted. <laughs> that experience forced him to uh, <laughs> see things differently. It re- rewired his brain. It's like acid, acid flashbacks every time he's imagining <laughs> Or when someone's fever is too high and it basically like cooks their brain. They're just ruined for life. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Lou is listening to uh, the radio and they ask a question. And the answer, of course, is Bucky Majors. Grab your gloves, boys. The pickles are going to the ball game. In a way, they go. (laughs) I'd like to uh, point out that the station he's listening to is (laughs) K-Old. Yeah. <laughs> is is do they say it's music for the old and old at heart? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. They portray old people so perfectly on this show. <laughs> I know this because I'm an old people. Sometimes they use Lou Pickles as kind of like a voice of reason yeah. against like, you know, Stu or Dee Dee being a little too uh precious. Yeah, about things, but then uh, uh, obviously uh <laughs> The other half of the time, he is <laughs> he's trying to put Tommy's experience or he's trying to put Tommy's head in a sock and feed him applesauce. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's coming into Tommy's room like some disgusting flesh colored airplane. <laughs> <laughs> to be Nobody fair, that was Tommy's that. fever dream. <laughs> the rest of that was Tommy's fever dream. But Grandpa <laughs> actually came in. So <laughs> disgusting airplane. <laughs> Yeah, they go to they go to the ball game and we get another outfit for Tommy. Three outfits in one episode. His standard blue shirt and diaper, his his girl outfit, the dress and wig. And in this, he has his own little Grizzlies shirt and hat and shorts. You're forgetting naked Tommy. No, sorry. Yes. Naked naked Tommy. Tommy. I literally thought that before, like naked Tommy. That's another that's another. Is this the first time we see Tommy naked? (laughs) Yeah. This is the first time we see Tommy Naked. <laughs> uh, if there wasn't an episode in a later season called Naked Tommy, which I literally just watched last night, I would say, let's call this episode Naked Tommy. <laughs> I don't want to design that artwork. I'm st- <laughs> so they've got some really, really cute animations of uh, Tommy at this ball game, unable to see anything, even though Lou and Stu are like... <sighs> Someday, we'll be watching you down there, Tommy. I like whenever uh, Grandpa Lou gives Tommy the binoculars, like it, it cuts <laughs> back to Tommy with them like a, a minute or so later. He's got them on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> He's seeing everything smaller, but he immediately sees the uh, the mascot in the bear outfit. A little a little touch is when he has the hot dog and he goes to take a bite and squeezes the hot dog out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, <clears throat> most of the time they're feeding like Tommy mush and shit and then they just gave him a hot dog. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's possible. One tooth. I'm glad I'm glad he did that because he probably would have choked to death. 
<laughs> then he lost he he lost his bun somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> Just dropped it. On the next. He didn't want it. He wanted that balloon because he let go of it. <laughs> After Bucky, Bucky Majors, Majors hits a yeah a home run with that gigantic baseball bat. <laughs> At first, he's practicing with six baseball bats yeah. and swinging them. And he has the Bat Boy come up with his giant slugger and telling him about the pitcher. Interesting note with the uh, Bat Boy and uh, Bucky Majors. Both Scott Menville, apparently. Like, I can oh. tell with the Bat Boy. Yeah. Definitely hear Scott Menville, but uh, Bucky Majors really shows some range for Scott Menville. Yeah, that's. But... I would not have known that if you hadn't said that. Mr. Majors? Yeah. You're my hero. Thanks, kid. Yeah, in the end credits, it's just listed as him as Bat Boy and baseball okay. player. Then I looked on IMDb just to be like, see if they said who Bucky was because yeah. I couldn't put my finger on it. That's yeah. who it was. <laughs> Scott Menville. That's crazy. I know, I know. Good job, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> High five. <laughs> Did you notice that the pitcher that pitches to Bucky Majors looks extremely like tired? Like, I swear he looks like he's, like, sleepy or, like, he's, he's like, hmm. <laughs> if yeah. I'm going to make a sound to, like, to, <laughs> to personify his face, it's, hmm. <laughs> it's his poker face. It's his poker face. <laughs> that he's not going to uh, strike out good old Bucky. I noticed that later on in the episode, uh, whenever they're trying to get their last out to win the game for the Grizzlies, <laughs> basically... What happens is uh, the pitcher that's for the, on the same team as Bucky, who catches the ball that's hit, is wearing the opposite team's uniform. <laughs> so. That saves some that that saves some money <laughs> in the animation budget. Just change the shirt. I'm looking at my notes for this episode. <laughs> One of the lines that I wrote down is. This is a very cute episode for a near tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the closest Tommy comes to dying, except for maybe, well, the dog, probably including the fever. Yeah, the fever, the disgusting dog, the dog falling off of a stadium from the top of the stadium. This is a very, uh, <laughs> very nerve wracking show. If you've probably if you've got a little baby and you're watching it. <laughs> Like, do babies escape like this and cause destruction or they, and almost die by falling off buildings? You can't take your eyes off them for a second because <laughs> they're, they're so close to death that every unsupervised <laughs> second. Yeah, Rugrats is like birth control. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little uh, side note, whenever they're sitting there, there's someone sitting in front of them, uh, like some some bigger guy wearing a hat, but he has like one of those hats with the propellers on top, but he's like a grown man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I love those hats. That's like if you want to have someone be portrayed as childish or like a little kid, like give him one. Give him a hat with a propeller. <laughs> it's like instant child. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy makes it down to the baseball field like, instantly. And he's flip, in flip. <laughs> he falls into the popcorn <laughs> again. And the, yeah. the, the guy, Dominic, says, Popcorn! Get your hot the butter the popcorn right there! So it is hot you and see, buttery. You see some popcorn, you know Tommy's gonna sully it. <laughs> Sullied with his diaper. And he's been in there a while, too. Because that guy's making his way around the entire stadium. And I don't know uh, how much you like baseball, but uh, baseball games are long. Uh, they make that point in this episode pretty clearly. Yes. From... 
everybody's asleep. There's only been one run from Bucky Majors. But yeah, Tommy makes his way around the entire arena, thanks to this guy, Dominic, all the way from the first inning to the ninth when this happens. Yeah, yeah. It's just one run the whole game. Yeah, exactly. I just like the idea of this, uh, the hot buttered popcorn man, like, giving out some popcorn and saying, like, hey, this tastes like absorbent gel and piss. (laughs) (laughs) Absorbent gel? (laughs) Where does the absorbent gel come? Oh, the... Is that like something that's in a diaper? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't mess with diapers too much. <laughs> I have siblings that are kind of a lot younger than me, so. Okay. Yeah. So you changed some diapers in your day? Changed a few diapers in my day. I never I can say I've never changed a diaper in my life. I've taken my cat to get an enema, but I've never changed a diaper. <laughs> <laughs> I took my cat to get a radioactive shot. <laughs> You did. Uh, our third roommate from he, college. His superpower was that he had radio radioactive shit that you couldn't <laughs> be near for two weeks. You had, <laughs> we had to sequester it in its own trash can. <laughs> Didn't he have to stay in a facility for a while? Just a couple of days. Okay. Maybe even just one day. But we, he wasn't allowed to uh, be near us for a couple of weeks. <laughs> radioactive like would, cat like, shit. At that point, he was coming up on the couch and laying beside me a lot. And I'd yeah. have to be like, no, get down. Oh, poor guy. You feel so bad about your pets because you want to you want to cuddle with them. And, and you're like, no, get down. You're radioactive. <laughs> um, quick note. Uh, if you if your cat ever gets hyperthyroidism, definitely get them the radioactive shot. It's kind of expensive. But I mean, imagine trying to like feed them a pill every day from the for their life or feed them a special food that they might not like. It only costs like eighteen hundred dollars. Uh, it's definitely worth it. He's been doing well for a couple years, so. And he was like a skeleton there for a while. Yeah, he got pretty thin, and they shaved like a good chunk of him to do the ultrasound. I can say from my own cat having been sick, um, and he is on a special diet, and he does get a pill every couple of days. Uh, if we could have given him one shot and be taken care of, uh, that would be great. So thanks for rubbing it in my face, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> I like how uh, Tommy's like participating in distributing the popcorn. Yes, he looks so <laughs> self-satisfied when he hands the the bag to Dominic before he falls He's asleep. Learning. Yeah. Uh, for this episode, my guesses on voice actors would be the uh, hot buttered popcorn man is Michael Bell. Mm. That's my guess for him. And I think Chuck is Phil Proctor, who is Howard. Chuck? Uh, one of the announcers. Oh, okay, okay. Is that is that the one that's the former jock or the... Uh... The one that was buying baseball cards. Okay, the the play-by-play versus the color commentator. The color commentator is the former jock. Can I just mention Tommy's love of the balloon? Little kids love balloons. Yeah, especially a bear balloon. Yeah. pretty cool. I had a shark balloon that I loved. Oh, man. Did you keep it as long as possible? Yeah, even when it was, like, completely deflated (laughs) for, like, a couple years at least. Oh, man. (laughs) But no, when he sees the the uh, the balloon go away and he looks upset and you actually see him crying. And this is before he gets into the, the popcorn bin, of course. And I just thought about a story. I used to work for Boys and Girls Club of America years ago. Um, and one day after a summer camp, we were all the kids got balloons. And this one really, really little kid, he was like the youngest age you could possibly be and be allowed there. And I 
he was, uh, I believe he was autistic, and he loved, at the end of every day, to hold my hand and walk to the bus, and he had this balloon, and it wasn't even a blown-up balloon, but he lost it, and he suddenly started screaming and crying and just losing it, and... And then we had to give him, like, a whole handful of balloons, and he was very happy. So I hope he's playing with balloons somewhere right now. He's a very nice little kid. That's a nice story. <laughs> it is a nice story. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, like, uh, by the time the game's dragging on, <laughs> and uh, so apparently Tommy's been in the popcorn bin for hours. Easily. Uh, baseball <laughs> games last forever. Yeah, so everybody's fallen asleep, including Tommy sleeping in the popcorn <laughs> <laughs> The popcorn vendor has not noticed it for hours. <laughs> he didn't notice that he picked up about, uh, what, Tommy's one. Babies are born, they're what, between five and ten pounds? That, like, for a normal range? I mean, five might be a little low, ten's a little big, but uh, a one-year-old, what would a one-year-old weigh? 20, 30 pounds, something like that? I don't know. Never had a kid I before. <laughs> I remember being five and getting weighed at school, and I weighed 70 pounds. Okay, so probably... I'm probably lowballing it. Uh, so, so this guy doesn't notice this heavy, stinking baby in his popcorn bag. And if he's fallen asleep and he's a baby, he's probably done something in his diaper. Yeah, like, God, for the entirety of a baseball game. Yeah. <laughs> he's like passing out this diaper popcorn. There are definitely fecal particles. On yeah. All those yes. Individual of and baby sweat. <laughs> Speaking of popcorn, can I make the note that someone in my apartment building burned popcorn somewhere because I went to go to the bathroom a little while ago and opened it up and just the stench of burned popcorn coming from the vent in the ceiling. And it's in like every fucking room of my goddamn apartment. <laughs> so as we're sitting here talking about shitty popcorn, literally popcorn with shit on it, it smells like burned popcorn in here. So just a little sensory. <laughs> so you can pretend you're sitting in here in the quote unquote studio with Adam and I. <laughs> it smells like burned popcorn. <laughs> it smells like soiled diapers here. So I get you. <laughs> you just like to keep them around. <laughs> is that what I don't it is? Even have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> he just collects them or ma do you make them or collect them or both? <laughs> But anyway, as we said, the uh, baseball games are long and often very boring. And this is uh, what do they say? It's a pitcher's duel. So the pitchers are just like striking everybody out. Tommy has made his way up through the uh, up through the top of the arena where the announcers are. And he comes to where the nice old lady is playing the organ. He starts crawling all over <laughs> all the keys and making a horrible, <laughs> shrill finish to her. Racket. You can see there's there's a shot uh, where that's happening. And in the background, you see the one announcer, the play-by-play -play guy. He's like sticking his head around a corner, like looking at her to see yeah. if she's okay. <laughs> this is what wakes up uh, both Stu and Grandpa Lou. And probably the entire Lou. arena. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shortly after, Tommy spots his balloon again. <laughs> at the top of the arena. And good lord, it happens. Yeah, he uh, reaches out pretty far for it and uh, <laughs> just goes over the railing. <laughs> Even if he was caught in a captor's mitt, I'm sure he would have been dead. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Thanks for, is... for ruining the fantasy. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it looks like initially the balloon is slowing his fall slightly. 
And then the yeah. the opposing team hits a home run and Tommy sees the ball. And because he's a dumb baby and this may be the dumbest baby moment in the entire <laughs> series where he lets go of the balloon, which is acting as somewhat of a, a parachute for him. He lets go and grabs the ball and speeds his fall from the top of the arena. Bucky Majors probably <laughs> wouldn't have caught him if he was just a baby with a balloon. He's like, well, oh, I don't need to catch that to win the game. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. He looks concerned. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Bucky Majors does catch Tommy. He uh, he's on the uh, he's on the TV and he says, the kid just kind of fell into my glove. <laughs> and Dee Dee is at home and sees this in face plants. <gasps> Dee Dee nearly dies from like smacking her head off the floor. <laughs> she at least has a broken nose. <laughs> yeah. And Grandpa Lou, of course, is talking to Bucky Major, saying, You know, I played a little ball myself in my day. Oh, you did, huh? Oh, you bet. Minor leagues, of course. I had a shot at the Majors back in 1942, but what with the war and all, well, you know how it is. And Bucky Major's like, Huh? <laughs> I get the impression that Bucky Majors didn't have the greatest uh, grades in school. <laughs> no. Thanks, kid. Tommy does not die. And, uh... That brings us to the end of our great episode. Two great episodes. Segments of the episode. <laughs> Whatever the fuck yeah, I'm trying to say. One episode, two segments. Yeah. Uh, do you have any... Uh, you said you didn't have a rug race this week. Do you have any good stories from your week? You're on vacation, so... Yeah, I don't know if... Uh, uh, I mean, I got kind of a, a bummer. I don't want to... I don't think I want to necessarily subject <laughs> the listeners to it, but uh, I don't know if uh, this made the cut. Uh, of a previous episode yet, but uh, I remember we were discussing like uh, different family members and uh, how we watched certain things at their houses. And I m mentioned my aunt who mm -hmm. uh, would record Simpsons and let me borrow the tapes. Yeah. She just died this week. No, oh, I'm uh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Uh, I was really depressing to hear that. So, um, I've been powering through with Rugrats shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll dedicate this episode to her and watch an episode of The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. There I'll watch go. some of the uh, first few seasons. That'll make me think of her. Do you still have the VHSs? No. <laughs> she didn't give them to me. Okay. <laughs> I also had like a little story of uh, we went to one summer when I was like a, a young teen and my brother was a... Uh, he was very young, maybe like four years old. We went to like a branded Jellystone Park, like from uh, the oh. Yogi cartoons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a, a Christmas in July. My little brother met Santa Claus <laughs> that day, and he was very, very afraid of Santa Claus and ran over to Yogi Bear for comfort. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny and adorable. Remember our horrible downstairs neighbors? Oh, God. Good Lord. <laughs> We lived above the worst people ever uh, <laughs> that wanted to get rid of us. And yeah, so that they could have they the whole would, house. They would party all the time. Like, they broke our door. <laughs> they they took to putting on, like, loud techno music that I think they knew skipped and then leaving the apartment. For wow, days. It was so loud that you could hear it, like, a block away. And uh, <laughs> we were bold enough to just go down into their apartment and turn it off. So that kind of backfired. <laughs> we should have but, just uh, stolen from them, to be honest. 
<laughs> Actually, the more legitimate thing would have been to tell the landlord to call the police, but, you know. Yeah, we, we're not rats. <laughs> <laughs> we're not rats, and we ain't thieves, but we will break into your apartment to turn your stereo off. <laughs> <laughs> we're honest thieves. <laughs> I remember when, when they got kicked out, our landlord kicked them out and I was talking to her one day and she's like, boy, I went in there. There was so much there was so much good weed on the floor, just laying on the floor. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, Our landlord was a trip. But yeah, what they broke, they, they like ripped the, the oven out of the wall in the kitchen. They like broke the glass to, to, the, to their door. They punched a hole in our door. Apparently left drugs everywhere. <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, it was an awful semester, but they got kicked out by our landlord. Yeah, and then the people downstairs were pretty okay. Yeah, after that, we had decent time of neighbors. Yeah, I wonder what those idiots are doing now. I remember another thing, talking to our landlord. She's like, boy, that one's a total dumbass. The other one's okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> So what are we looking at next week? Um, next week we are getting to, and this. Oh yeah, quick note: I said the wrong episode last week. <laughs> we were doing uh, ruthless Tommy this week. It was beauty contest. Sorry. Probably by this point, uh, on, on because we do tape weeks in advance. Probably on social media, they've already let us have it. I hope. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and a little background: uh, our first episode just aired. Uh, yeah, at the time Sunday. of recording. And we've been doing a, a social me a failed social media blitz for the most part. <laughs> hey, at this point, we have thirty some listeners. Google searches tell me that that's above average. I don't know. <laughs> oh hey, maybe by the time this this episode episode five airs, maybe uh, maybe uh, we'll, we'll we'll be huge. We'll see. Maybe we'll be in the 50s. <laughs> <laughs> the top of the Rugrats podcast heap. So um, next week, we are talking about Ruthless Tommy this time. We're actually talking about it. Yes. And uh, Moose Country. <laughs> 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 yes, folks, we did just do that at the same time. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This has been an interesting week. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a good time. Yeah, so to everyone out there, uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week here on Because I've Lost Control of My Life, lostcontrolpod.com, and various social media. Ask for us by name. Cut to commercial now. Like what you heard? Tune in Sundays at 7 p.m. to all of your favorite podcasting platforms, or go to lostcontrolpod.com for new episodes of Because I've Lost Control of My Life. You can also email us at lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. That's lostcontrolpod at gmail.com. Wait a minute! I've still got to do my song. <laughs>